DJ PK brought to you in part by SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now where you can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing for your free bid. Donovan Mitchell will be reevaluated before the playoffs to determine his availability. He is out for the last three regular season games. Question of the morning What is your guess on what will happen? PK, there are a lot of people who are on the same page here. I think he's fine, Rick writes. They just know we can't get any seed lower than two, so they're making sure our two ball handlers don't get hurt in meaningless games. And Hector says, I'm fine with it. It's all about the playoffs. He'll be ready to go then. Wishful thinking or spot on? I don't know, man. Aaron... Donovan won't play in the first round of the playoffs. He won't be 100% when he does play, and the Jazz won't make the finals. Well, that's a leap from the first round to the final. Final of what? NBA finals? Where are we going? Conference finals? So I'm not really worried about the second or third or fourth rounds at that point. It's more about the first round. And if he's healthy, I think that uh, if he's healthy and Conley isn't, I very much still like their ja- uh, chances for the Jazz to win the first round. Now, reverse, if even if Mike is healthy and Donovan isn't, I still think they're in pretty good shape. Uh, both of them that makes me nervous because it's kind of a double-edged sword here with the Warriors winning two ball games. Uh, the, yeah, Warriors are on a little bit of a roll. Well, that means you're going to face a team on a little bit of a roll. That makes you a little bit nervous, and I don't know that the Warriors are going to get eight because I don't know what the Lakers are going to do, and I don't know what any of those teams are really going to do. Uh, We'll have to see. Uh, So if the Warriors are on a roll, does that mean they beat the Lakers if the Lakers stay at seven, and then you get the Lakers? So you can just drive yourself dizzy on this stuff here. That's why I'm more focused on the Jazz rather than the opponent. Uh, And so, you know, he won't have any games, so... This tonight will be his 14th, so he'll have missed the final 17 games of the season, if my math is correct. Uh, now, he's 24 years old, and he's dynamic. So if he's healthy, you think he'd be able to come back and be pretty good. Uh, but you know, it's a little bit of a concern. It's not, it's not ideal. At minimum, it's not ideal. You can't argue with it's not ideal, because it is definitely not ideal. You know, how concerned are you? An ankle injury, five weeks... I would think as long as I, – I just think you'd be well after five weeks. Now, is there some setback along the way? Is it more than just a sprain? You know, if it's a sprained ankle, if it's more than just a sprain, then it can be longer, you know. And they don't, they don't go into that. They don't like to talk about that. Donovan, if you're just going to read body language, and you're a big body language guy, when he was on the TV broadcast – He seemed pretty happy and upbeat. So, you know, I guess if you want to go to, you know, some dark corners of the Internet and get some conspiracy theory from someone who's sure the Jazz will never do anything ever because they haven't, ah! well, then you can probably go nuts. But he wasn't carrying himself like a guy where there was some big long-term problem. So I'm assuming that this is, you know, kind of precautionary. They think they're in a pretty good spot, and they want him healthy. Well, he's a 24-year-old multimillionaire. He ought to be in a good mood. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I think we can all go through a list of athletes where that's not true. (laughs) It's like you're a multimillionaire in your 20s. You are not happy with your life. 
Yeah, but there might be some other issues. He grew up in sure. affluence. Yeah. I mean, let's call it like it is. And so uh, he's not from the streets, and that tends to be uh, the better socioeconomical you are, usually that leads to good things. And that's not always the case, obviously, but he should be happy, and he is by all accounts. I mean, I don't know him personally and have no desire to know him personally unless he wanted to. Uh, but uh, he should be, and he's a great interview. He's got a lot of charisma and all that stuff, and so he he just know has he knows how to what's the word comport himself so very well when a camera and a microphone are in front of him. That's for sure. He's been uh, blessed with that, and has probably worked at it and all that stuff. Uh, I don't know that the the Jazz are hiding anything because it's not, this isn't like uh, in college football where who's it going to be the quarterback and who's going to play, blah, blah, blah. I don't really see that. So I take it at very much face value when they talk about these injuries and the reports that they put out Mm -hmm. because they've put out reports every single week. So they're trying to hide something. I don't know that they would need to do that. Uh, So I think that I take it for what it's worth. He's progressing, and they'll reevaluate him before the playoffs. Now, I don't know, does that mean – uh, next Monday they come out with an announcement. Uh, next Friday they come out with an announcement. But I, I really don't think that the opposition needs to know. It makes a big difference for them that the, the Jazz can gain an advantage. I'm not sure anybody can gain an advantage anyway. I think that's overblown, but they like to play that cat-and-mouse game. So I think that sometime next week, They'll come out and say uh, he's ready to go, or you know he'll we'll, we'll know on game day or what have you. And maybe they want to be coy, just to give whoever it is just a little bit of doubt. But there's so much film on these guys, and we've seen him play. They play so many games. He's in his fourth year, and if he doesn't play, the Jazz have played so many games now without him that the team that they play should be prepared if the Jazz don't have Mitchell. Looking at the uh, Jazz, he got hurt in the Indiana game back on April 16th, and they ended up winning that game. So it depends if you want to count that game or not because he wasn't in for the end of a competitive game, but I'm, I'm not going to count that game since he played in it. So since that, in the games that he missed in their entirety, they've gone 8-5. and five. You assume they're going to go 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh down the stretch. So 10-6, 11-5 without him. Uh, to your point, that's 16 games. That's a lot that is a lot of video to break down of what sets they like and what their tendencies are without Donovan Mitchell. 16 games is plenty Right, of and that's, that's why I don't think in the NBA that stuff really matters. You know, in football, it's one game a week. Yep. So you can change it up with different schemes or whatever. But we know what these teams like to do. Uh, and there's you may not have known – uh, five weeks ago, what Trent Forrest would do. Well, now you do. You've seen him play, and he's played some, you know, played some important minutes. And you know what? What would they do if Ilyasova comes in? He's sort of been a hit and miss guy. You don't know from game to game. Uh, and I know defensively, if Aoni's in the game, leave him open. <laughs> uh, let him take that corner three. They're going to help off him. Yeah, they're going to help yeah. off him. Yeah, so I don't know how many secrets there are. The most important thing for the Jazz is to have him ready to go. I'm not sure he's going to be ready to go.
I want to say I'm like 90% sure he's going to be really? ready to go. Yes. But there, there is the part of me, because it was a sprained ankle. And if there isn't more than the sprain going on in there, most guys who sprain their ankles, I mean, you played on basketball, you probably sprained an ankle. You know, how do they feel after two, three, five weeks? Now, if you have setback or setbacks, plural, you know, everything's up in the air. And if there's more serious, you know, if it gets to the point, like, we don't know that it's more than a sprain. You know, sometimes, and I have zero info that this could have happened with him, but just because it's happened to other athletes in the past, hey, there was a stress fracture that we didn't see right away. You know, you get into that kind of stuff, well, now all bets are off and it's totally a different deal. But we've seen them be cautious bringing people back before from injuries. So I kind of assume, you know, that's what they do. And sprained ankles should be well at that point. So I'm thinking those two things combined, he's probably good to go for the playoffs. They are in a pretty good spot as far as seeding goes. You know, the the team hasn't completely unraveled and plummeted in the standings and all that. I mean, they've had some losses that bug people. But the Suns have had the same losses. They're still in the top spot. There's not that much at stake. And we've beaten this into the ground over and over. The number one thing you want for the playoffs is health. Everything else, I can give you a long list of other things you want. But the number one thing you want is to be healthy. Yeah, so that's why it makes 100% sense, right. sense at this point to let them sit out this week and uh, let them no need to get on a plane and, and go to these two locations. Probably an underrated factor. We've heard people talk in the past about things can swell up on the plane, the change right. in pressure and the yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. flying up to 30,000 feet and how the body reacts. Like, if they were home games, would they handle it different? You know, maybe. Well, he's here. Yeah. Oh, as far as him playing? Yeah, if the last two games were home uh, games. I don't think so at that point. Well, then that's just the, hey, let's not put him out there. We don't want him landing on somebody's foot. Right. You know, well, we don't I, want some random thing happening in one of these games. Yeah, there's really, there's no need. If you, if the worst should happen and you lose all three and Phoenix wins and you get the two seed, well. You're still in a good spot. Yeah, you, you don't, because you, you don't even know who you're going to play. So you can't, uh, right now, these are, the, it looks like, in some combination, Phoenix uh, this Jazz is going to finish 1-2. Right now it looks like Jazz won Phoenix 2. Well, n- neither team is sure who they're going to play. Uh, you, you don't know. It could be any number of teams because there's teams that could move in, teams that could move out, blah, 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 and then they actually have to play, and then who's going to win the game? I don't know. If it should be right now the Warriors and the Lakers, can I really guarantee you that the Lakers are going to win that game? No, I can't. I can't with any level of assurance because they have guys coming and going all the time. For all the Jazz stuff, at at least they've been settled. Your your, your starting backcourt has been out, and it's been out for a couple of weeks. Well, the Lakers, who's playing from game to game? Who shows up? Vogel has no clue. (laughs) And so... Trying to predict what they're going to do right now is ridiculous. So why worry about all this stuff to the point of certainly, well, let's maneuver this way or that way. Worry about getting them healthy and then play. Can't say how impressed I was with the Lakers. I'm watching that game in the start of the third quarter. The announcers say Caruso is done for the night. You know, he's not returning with a foot injury. Like, man, how many more hits can these guys take? You know, they're losing a lot of ball handlers here, and yet they found a way to win that game. Yeah, I mean, you got a kid like Kuzma who has been all over the map. Mm-hmm. And it, at, at times he looks absolutely awesome, and at times it's not happening for him. Yeah. So last night he looked awesome. 
All right, DJ and PK coming up. We're going to talk basketball with Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst. Get his thoughts on the health of the Jazz heading into the playoffs and how this is going to break down with the Blazers tonight. Tim Lacombe next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. From the Sporting News, Vinny Iyer, we have a bet as to whether Tim Tebow will be on an active 53-man roster at any point this season just for one game. Do you think it'll happen? I don't see any way he lasts that long, and maybe that's not even the intent. Maybe it's just to get a Urban Meyer surrogate to be on the field there and kind of preach the Urban Meyer way. But to me, you have Trevor Lawrence. You don't need to bring in something like this. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a mature championship-winning quarterback. He didn't win the Heisman like Tebow, but all of the things in his resume are just as impressive when he was a college quarterback. So you have this guy that can come in and lead your team, play well right away, like we saw with Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert last year. Just rely on that guy to be your leader. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone, and we are joined now by the radio studio analyst for the Utah Jazz, Tim Lacombe. You hear him on the pre-half and post-game with Jake Scott. Tim, good morning. Good morning. How we doing, guys? We're doing well. We're doing well. PK and I seem to be a little healthier than Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, and Jawan Morgan. We're all out tonight. And Donovan is out for the rest of the regular season, and we're just curious, your level of concern... Um, for Donovan's health in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of something clever to say, but I'm not really concerned. I think, uh, I mean, obviously it's a little bit more than than what we'd hoped in terms of an ankle. Um, but I just, from my experience, I think this is a perfect time in, uh, to rest him, you know, get him healthy, especially – if Phoenix keeps playing along, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of like when you have a, a really good player out of a game, um, with foul trouble or maybe his ankles hurting him a little bit and you've got a big lead and there's no reason to put him back in, um, to jeopardize anything. And I think that's kind of where we are. Uh, I look at that last, that, that week that we've never really had before prior to the playoffs, the jazz will have. Um, and I think that's going to be a magical week where everybody, uh, sings kumbaya and healing shots and therapies go through the team and everybody's ready to roll by the playoffs. That's kind of my hope. So, Tim, you're you're a rock and roller. Everybody knows that. And the 2021 inductees, we got Tina Turner, Todd Rudgren, the Foo Fighters. We got Carol King. And then we've got the Go-Go's. How in the world can the Go-Go's be mentioned at the same level with Carol King? I don't understand that. No offense to the Go-Go's, but Carol King should have been in a long time ago compared to the Go-Go's. That's the real travesty of the morning. I think that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing's gone off the rails years ago. I mean, I think it was just a year or so ago they put Rush in, for heaven's sakes. Um, how can <laughs> they should have never put him in, I agree. Who? 
you know, you know, you're just pulling the pin on the grenade at that point, man. The Rush fans, they are hardcore. Oh, they're he just, well, they're he, coming for he's you. The best too, because he he reached in, pulled the pin, and ran to the other room, which is my favorite <laughs> well, thing about him. Rush, yeah. Can, can you just play fingernails on a chalkboard instead? That would be a lot more fun. Well, they're talented, talented fingernails on the chalkboard. Let's put it that. Way. But how do you have the Go Go's at the same level of Carol King? Come on. It's ridiculous. I know, man. There needs to be like wings. There needs to be like bubblegum wing, you know, uh, heart and soul, like blood and guts. But Google's would definitely be in the bubblegum wing for, for sure. Tapestry versus our lips are sealed. But it, but it is like a, it's like an art museum. You know, you go through and it's to everybody. You know, there's a lot of fans of the Go-Go's out there. They'll be thrilled. And, uh, and they, so you can just walk right by that painting if you want to. Just go study the Van Gogh. <laughs> They're there because they got the beat. That's it. Bottom line. Does seem like they should have stayed on top Everybody, for another. Everybody, you got off your feet. Does seem like they should have stayed on top for another decade for this to happen, but oh well. I think Belinda Carlisle just brought the fact that she's Belinda Carlisle should be in in any capacity. <laughs> But that's uh, that, for another show. Yeah, that that's inappropriate, Tim. No, Strike that she, she from the wonderful. Record. She was wonderful. <laughs> All right, if I got to talk basketball, I will. Uh, you had uh, Majerus as a heavy influence. How difficult is it knowing what Majerus would think for a coach like Quinn Snyder to just say, Jordan, you're in. There's the ball, and there's the basket. Go at it. Well, I think it's unique. Um, Jordan spoke to it you know, this year many times that he really does feel like he's found a place that understands him. Um, and, you know, I know the book on him is he's going to shoot it every time he gets it. And, you know, I think sometimes that wears thin on, on fans and people that watch. But... You know, what happened in the fourth quarter the other night is what excites me about Jordan and why I'm a big fan because the guy's relentless at going to get baskets. And, um, you know, sometimes he struggles. He doesn't take different shots. They're the same shots. It's some nights they go in and sometimes they don't. But he's going to give you a great effort. And where I I'm feel like Jordan's made a major step is I think he's really trying harder defensively. I noticed – Last week in a couple of games, you know, there's some responsibility when you're off the ball, um, you know, to have to to protect somebody that goes to give a little bit of help, and you're always kind of on a string. So if there's, you know, two guys that step to help, you know, you've got to step toward it and kind of be a stunt guy. Um, and Jordan's doing an awesome job at stuff like that, and I just didn't feel like he was doing a whole lot of that when he got here. So... Those are the little things. I know, I know people want him to find available guys more and that sort of thing. But I think Jordan's going to be so valuable when it comes to playoff time um, because he feels no pressure. And just like the other night, he can turn a really tough night into a, uh, you know amazing night in one quarter. And so that's why it's fun to watch him. That's why I'm glad he's on the Jazz. And, again, another guy, he and Bojan in the same, you know, not the same calendar week, but within a week, they score 40, and they're ancillary, you know, quote-unquote ancillary players. You're not your front-line guy. So I don't know if we've ever had that situation. We've had a couple different guys that could go for 40, 
And that's certainly exciting when you think about uh, what that can do for the Jazz in the playoffs. So Jordan hasn't had great playoffs in the past. Now he hasn't had a lot of them, right? A little bit with Cleveland, a little bit in the bubbles. So do you think this is going to be different than those? you think it's going to be uh, a little off the charts here? I mean, he shot a little under 35% from three in the bubble, which isn't a great number, but I think especially when you consider in the bubble, we saw so many guys shoot better. You know, no travel, shooting background, no fans, all that kind of stuff. But do you think he can really go off? A couple things, I think, that play in his favor. Mm -hmm. He's going to be playing a lot more games at home, you know, in this situation. And they're going to be the one seed, it looks like, man. I don't want to jinx them, but Phoenix keep playing along. So that's good. Um, But I think, you know, again, he can look at Quinn and Quinn can look at him and there's an understanding. And I don't feel like he's ever felt like he's had that before. So um, his confidence is is an all-time high. You know, I don't think he thinks one bit about missing a shot. And um, that's all good stuff. You know, I'm not going to say he's going to have this great playoff run, but I'm telling you, he's – He's going to be important because he's one the one guy out there that doesn't feel the pressure. I really believe it. I, I think he comes out, he's the same guy every night. Um, and that kind of thing can really help, especially when you get in tough situations. Yeah, it can. And then I, I think that, too, uh, they, and this goes for just about every player out there, uh, we saw the other night there was a lot of pressure on him to get that team back, and he did. So, you know, I don't know that I necessarily worry about past playoff performances because if I got Conley and Mitchell in the lineup for the start of the playoffs, don't you think that that really eases the burden on everybody else? Yeah, it, it should, right? I mean, a perfect world. Maybe the question is going to be, especially with Donovan not making it back, um, you know, for the rest of the season, um, you know that last, that week's going to be really important because then you've got all you've got that period of time. Hopefully, and you can be healthy and play. But yeah, I think the pressure, unfortunately, and it's just the way this this works, is the pressure goes to the the guys with the with the most. Um, you know, the, the kind of bring the most to the table. And I think Donovan's always going to be number one on the scouting report when he's healthy for the Jazz. Um, and Mike Conley's a, such a key because he's had 13 years in the league. He's played in the playoffs. You know, he's a veteran. So he can handle a lot of that pressure, too. Um, Your guy Joe has been unbelievably good, you know, since Donovan's been out. And he hasn't been, you know, hasn't just been putting up eye-popping numbers. But if you watch one of the game plan things uh, against Joe, is they pick him up full court and make him bring that thing, um, you know, wear out energy and make him really kind of – you know, think about every dribble, and I think Joe's been great. You know, he had a couple turnovers late in a game the other night that the Jazz won, um, but he's he's handled the ball the majority of the time. Trent Forrest has helped some, but that's really a, a real thing that the Jazz will benefit from, too, is getting Mike back on the ball, Donovan back on the ball, you know, Joe being able to handle the ball some, but still, you know, still get the ability to shoot, catch, and shoot threes, and then of course, uh, it allows Jordan just to roam and do Jordan things. I'm excited to see how it affects Bojan too, because he's been so terrific during this stretch. 
Tim Lacombe joining us, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst. We've seen uh, the Mavericks and the Lakers. Uh, Mark Cuban, LeBron James complain about this play-in series, but it seems to me like it is a big hit. It's got teams playing hard. The Blazers are playing hard to avoid it. The Lakers are playing hard trying to avoid it. I think the teams in it are playing hard. The Warriors have put together some good games trying to improve their odds as much as possible. Even if you're in it, if you win that first one, it's just one game, right? And you can get to seven and all that stuff. Is this here to stay? You think the NBA is loving this? I think it is. I sure have liked it. Um, the difference in, in quality of games at this time of year, you know, t- compared to prior years, is there's no comparison. Um, I think everybody started to, you know, bring everybody back in and started playing 10 gate guys and really resting everyone. And honestly, there's in every spot for the most part, there's a pretty nice race. Um, and you watch games and the stars are playing and the games mean something. And I, and I think that's what the NBA was doing, even to the point where, you know, that last day was all TBD. And now they're going to play all those games within a block of time where, you know, you can't sit and watch scores and figure out how you're going to sub and that sort of thing. So I, I like it. I really like it. I don't know. I mean, for years that eight became sacred and they were in the playoffs, um, you know, it's it's just a little bit of a, a tweak to to that, and it gives more teams opportunity, and it creates excitement. It keeps um, you know the coaches and, and players invested and involved, and I think that it, all that stuff's really good for the game and fans. You speak of Boyan, and obviously it's been cool to see him turn it on. And he spoke of earlier of being in the worst slump of his lifetime, basically, or certainly as an NBA player. Uh, is it just repetition, or what is it that you think has allowed him to flourish to the level he has? Let me start by saying I love Bojan. I absolutely love watching this guy play. I went to lunch yesterday with a longtime high school coach um, that was kind of a mentor to me, and we were eating lunch together, and uh, we started talking about the jazz and his first comments were about going on and just how funny he is to watch and all the little things he does. I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. I know he, he becomes a little bit of the, uh, you know, he's had, he's had some ups and downs this year. He's had, you look at his box scores and he'll go, you know, 20, 17, six, 18, 21, four, you know, uh, and it's kind of like that. And he hasn't had years like that. So, it's nice to see him in this groove he's in right now. I think there's a couple reasons why. David mentioned he's, you know, this year he's getting 25% less shots than he got last year. Um, so obviously you're going to you're going to have to adjust to that. You're a scorer, you're a shooter, and that ball should be in your hands from time to time. And if you know that that's one out of every four trips, um, you know, and you're not getting an opportunity. So that's one thing that he's adjusted to. I don't, I don't complain about that or argue about it. It's just the facts of the, the nature of this team. Um, number two, I think his health was, was really a concern. I think his wrist, you know, he had surgery. His wrist was bugging him, and he never really got that opportunity to get out and play in the off season. you know, whatever the off season was, three weeks or something. Uh, but then when he got back in, I think it was just kind of now he got thrown back into it, and he kind of had to do things on the fly. So I think there was a combination of 
a little bit of fear about the the injury itself. I mean, many times, I think during the season where he went to the floor, grabbed his wrist, you know, Rudy helped him up from that wrist once and about yanked it out of socket. You know, he he kind of grimaced. Um, so I think that's been part of it. He he, in my mind, what he ended up doing to simplify things is he started being a little bit more reliant on the rim, and particularly to start games. You'll see him get down there, um, get something in the paint, or get something going to the rim. And then when he gets those wide-open threes, he's in a rhythm, and he's got a little bit of confidence because he's seen that thing go in. Um, the other piece I would give just immense credit to is the coaching staff. Uh, this stuff doesn't just happen. Uh, players don't just, you know, I mean, players are driven and all that, but they, coaching really is important in that. The things that they do with those guys and the way they get them to develop and improve. Um, I've seen it with every guy on the Jazz team this year. I've seen every guy take a step in one facet or the other. And uh, I'm just thrilled that Bojan's where he is. Seems like a hell of a good guy. And I'm really uh, cheering for him. Hopefully the playoffs go well for him and, and, um, and that he's a key cog to a long run. So if you think the coaching staff and the things that they've done during the course of the season are underrated, then I think the other thing that's underrated is what had to happen with the front office and Ryan Smith to keep Alex Jensen happy and keep him on the coaching staff because the threat of him going to the U felt very real, and uh, they did some major stuff to take care of him and keep him. So that underrated and underplayed, but then you got to think that that was really important. Yeah, the front office is is, is phenomenal. Um, you know, you start to look back at how they acquired these pieces, and you know, when you look at Jordan Clarkson, every time he's out there, like he gets forty-one. You know, you backroom deal Dante Exum out of Dodge to get him. Um, I, I think these guys have just done a great job building the team they had to build to change the narrative. Um, you know, this is a perfect built team to shoot 43 threes a game because it's you know you have to respect everybody that's on the floor and then you've got perhaps the best screen and roll guy in the game or or certainly the best screen assist guy as Locke would say but that stuff's real too I mean Rudy you can go try to set a screen or you can give your entire body to a screen and Rudy gives his entire body to a screen every single time um so uh, my my thought is the front office has you know it, it's been their brainchild you know along with Quinn but they've built this team to play exactly this way um, and right now you know it's a it's been really really successful the playoffs are a whole different thing um, everybody around here gets amped up but also everybody starts to bite their fingernails uh, my hope is we can just sit back and enjoy this thing. Uh, the Jazz have worked hard to get themselves to this spot. This the front office, the coaching staff, the players. Um, maybe one of those years where whatever happens, we just get behind this team. Uh, you know, crazy stuff can happen with good mojo and energy. I know Brian Smith's a big believer in that. But, yeah, credit across the organization because uh, for what this year's been, what it's meant, um, the, the challenges with COVID, the way these guys have really kind of come together. It's, it's really an uh, inspiring story, and I hope they can just continue to play as long as possible. As always, we appreciate it, Tim. Thank you. 
Gentlemen, thank you. One last thing. I've got a, the party hunts are coming to Utah. And uh, we're going to play the 10th and 11th, excuse me, the 9th and 10th of July. So you guys are invited. I would love you to come. You sauna? No. You sauna a little small. We're going to have to get right back old. Borrowed the stage from uh, the aquarium. Cars? <laughs> no, we're, we're actually going to play a little venue down here in Provo. Uh, details will be out there soon. We're going to play two nights of of really cool not go go stuff. A lot of go go's, right? That's your, no go-go. That's your jam. <laughs> Why is he playing the go go? They're going to the Hall of Fame. Because I motioned for him to play your band. And he... I had him queued up. Went ahead and played the Go-Go's, and then we both, we both started giggling and laughing at each other. The comedy's actually pretty good. Right, exactly. We started work. giggling. So. The party the hounds have work. the beat. Let's be, let's be clear about this. I'm, I'm going downstairs. I'm going to put my house slippers on, a hat, drive to the nearest supermarket, and get me a piece of bubble gum. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's what that made me want to do. Thanks, Tim. We appreciate it. Bye. Tim Lacombe, hear him tonight. He'll be on the Jazz Half, uh, pregame half, and postgame shows here on the Zone Sports Network. 6.30 for the pregame. The game tips at 7.30. The Jazz and the Blazers. Question of the day, two-parter, coming up next. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Hey, Garrett Bowles is going to be on the show. Pro bowler, Garrett Bowles. What's he doing? Um, how, how about didn't he get to let go by the Broncos? No, he just signed a huge deal with he the did? Broncos. Yes. Wait a minute. I sent you an email. Uh huh. No, I saw that, but I, in fact, I'll read it. Former University of Utah Snow College standout and current starting Denver Bronco <laughs> All Pro offensive tackle. Oh, Garrett Bowles. I skipped over that part. Garrett is being honored <laughs> in the sure. National Football <laughs> Foundation celebration, and he's going <laughs> to jump on with us. I. Honestly, I have never hoped somebody wasn't listening more in my entire career. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Maybe if Salt Lake City got an MLB team, it would look more enticing to a National Football League team, which I would be more in for than a baseball team. But they come together, bring it on. DJ PK, brought to you apart by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Little Tina Turner, she's going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And fans are using the open mic. Grab your phone, download our app, use the open mic feature, send us your take. Multiple questions, multiple topics, a lot of headlines out there in the world of sports. How cool would it be if the Oakland A's moved to Salt Lake City? The A's want a waterfront ballpark in Oakland, put a little pressure on the politicians there. Major League Baseball gave them permission to look around. Vegas, Portland, Nashville, Salt Lake. Anybody's ever dreamed having a Major League Baseball team? Now's your time. Who wants to pony up a billion dollars worth of tax money? I don't think the team's for sale, PK, so I'd be a little surprised if a billion now, everything's for sale for the right price, right? So you never know. Yeah. 
But uh, I don't know that someone private would want to build a, a stadium and fund it privately if they weren't going to own the team. We haven't seen that happen in pro sports. So tax money so the current owners can move it here or buy the team, move it here, and build it yourself. There's two yeah, paths to it. I've been in discussions with Deloy. That a kid. He's got the money. You deplorable says it would be awesome if that happened. When Utah hosted the AAA All-Star Game, the stadium was packed. Fans would support an MLB franchise. When they hosted the AAA All-Star Game, I was on the berm. Sat out there. And it was packed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was. It was literally sold out. And my sister was with me. My mother was up, too. And so we go in there, and my sister, very uh, conscious, uh, very health conscious, uh, had a massive birthday coming up next week, and she brought in a bottle of water. And so the security or usher or whatever there at the ticket taker says, you can't bring that in. And a classic jersey without even missing a beat. Just recited about 10 medical reasons why she needed to have the water. And they said, okay. And none of those 10 had any semblance of actual truth. Made it up on the spot. Just started wheeling and dealing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I've seen her in action. They'll go some places, and there'll be like a private party or whatnot, and she'll just walk in. Just if you just act like you're supposed to be there, nobody ever says anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's <laughs> no doubt about that. Uh, as far as uh, the prestige it would bring to the community, uh, didn't Larry Miller spoke about that? Um, about how, and obviously he was a Latter-day Saint, and he talked about how church leaders encouraged him to buy the team and keep it here, which, of course, is what he was going to do because he thought it, they thought it would bring publicity and look favorably upon the area and then the church in specific. And I'd have to say that you're, you know, you're right because we've heard so many stories of people talking about, oh, yeah, the jazz. Sure, I know them. And, like, that might be the only thing they know about Utah, but they knew about the jazz and they knew of the statues and Jerry Sloan and Larry Miller and and it's funny Dan Shelton brought this up. We had Dan Shelton on about a little over an hour ago. He's up in Portland now doing uh, Blazers television and he talked about when he got to Portland six months into his tenure in Portland, they fired Nate McMillan and he had to rethink, oh yeah, that's the way a lot, if not most, NBA teams do things. When things start to go sideways, you fire the coach. Because he had been, I don't know, you would know how long he worked in the Salt Lake market, and that's not the way they do things. <laughs> <laughs> and to their credit, it's not the way they do things. And a large portion of the reason of the success has been the stability. So the Jazz in a lot of ways, would be a model franchise in the NBA. I really believe that they are. Now, they haven't won at all. We understand that. And if they should 
do it this year or whenever, and be great if they do it this year, they will receive untold amounts of favorable plus, uh publicity because nobody except fans of the team that they were to beat nobody even casually associated with sports would say boy that really stinks <laughs> to see that franchise when in fact it would be the ultimate uh, little guy rises to the top and who doesn't love that story we all love that story and you speak of the Oakland A's, and they've been viewed as a little guy, and they've done very well for the financial restraints that they have, but they haven't been able to get over the top. You know, it seems like they make the playoffs, and then they're and done. They, yeah, and then yeah, and it seems like they get eliminated early too, and then whoever the budding stars are, they take off to the bigger market, and then they regroup, the A's regroup, and get some new prospects and develop them. It seems like they've been in that cycle. So if the A's ever got to that point, it would be great to see. And I think in basketball, though, it's easier to do because of the fact that there's so much fewer fewer guys than in baseball. And baseball is somewhat random in that some dude you never heard of can dink one into right field, and all of a sudden they're throwing water bottles on him because he got the game-winning hit. Oakland and Minnesota are the two teams that are pretty well run, but they don't have the mega money and the glamour and all that kind of stuff. And they get to the playoffs, and they don't win. And the exception was when Oakland got to the playoffs and drew Minnesota. And that's been 15 years now. And that's the only playoff series that Oakland's won since the Bash Brothers won it all in 1990. So, unless yeah, you count the, a wild card, I guess is the because they had the wild card series last year. So the, the Oakland won a series were good, there. Uh, Thirty years ago, I mean, right? Yeah, some world so, series. So was Oakland, right? That was their era. Yeah. 80, I think the Twins won it all in '87 and '91, and Oakland won it in '90. Uh, things have changed dramatically. Yes, since then. yes, it has. All right, DJ and PK. That's one of the questions uh, with uh, Major League Baseball telling Oakland you have our permission to city shop, basically. And look around, trying to put heat on the uh, Oakland politicians to approve that waterfront stadium there. It may, you know, if they get that stadium, then none of this matters, and they're staying put and all of that. All right, the other question hits a little closer to home. The Jazz have announced Donovan Mitchell will not play in the regular season. He will be reevaluated before the playoffs, so no guarantee about him playing in the playoffs. Your reaction to that? Next. Stay with us.